0: Hello listeners, my name is Mark. If you've been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like grimdark 40K short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40K podcast where you get to write the script.
1: Welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric.
0: Hey, I'm Mark. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Yes. (laughs) And now we will name all the listeners. And you are the listener. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All the roles have been established. That's right. That's perfect. Wow, what an intro. And (laughs) scene. (laughs) Okay, listener lore. I like it. We today are going to be reading some lore from our listeners. Um, I think we got five stories this time excellent yeah i haven't done any pre-reading uh Um, it's always better when you don't you know yeah give it to us fresh and (laughs) wriggling that's how we like our lore (laughs) i like it Um, yeah. So if you want to be featured on an episode in this way, email us, um, lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and you can submit your lore. And when we get around to reading it in four years, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, you will be happy. You will get a little hit of dopamine and it will be sweet. Okay. Well, I guess let's, uh, just dive right in. Dive right in. Uh, that's how we do it in these. Okay. So this is from Timberlake, um, Oh, we also don't editorialize. No. So if we struggle to read things, it's because we're struggling. Yeah, I can already see this one has two periods in one of the sentences. So I'm not even sure how to. Yeah, how do you communicate pause? It. <laughs> he's the master of the dramatic <laughs> pause. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Slanish has given birth to a demon prince from a part of the dark prince, prince's own tongue to form the hunter of the laughing god his face is a true mirror of excess but most see is a troop of a harlequin mask five masks are that dance on the demon's face he is the leader of the harem of slanish his every mission gains the dark prince closer to freedom gaining the souls stolen by the harlequins and the laughing god the horde of elder souls in body uh, embodying the demonettes yep <laughs> growing the number of soul for the Slannish army the dark prince has gifted the many-faced demon every excess of power and forces to reign chaos in the name of Slannish. okay that's... okay
1: so he he's got like his own chaos demon slanish war are they called war bands yeah um uh...
0: Sure, why not? Groups, factions. but it's, <laughs> Incursions? It... I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know what you... I don't know how the demonettes identify. I don't even want to get into that, okay? <laughs> They're a they whore. and them. They... No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Slanesh Given birth to a demon prince. The hunter of the laughing god. I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because the laughing god, he seems pointed very against Slanesh. Yeah, yeah. So
0: no. why would Slanesh ignore it? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah kind of a cool you could do definitely do a cool little model there with like the the masks or whatever but oh absolutely uh, his
1: cool. face is a true mirror of excess Ooh. um his every mission gains the dark prince closer to freedom so he's effectively just trying to like steal back every everything that the harlequin is doing he just puts pits himself against yeah yeah oh so he's very anti-eldar anti-harlequins
0: yeah it's kind of short cool. simple there's your lore. Uh, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Thank you, Timberlake. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um You don't need much. You got a purpose. Your demons, yeah, like Absolutely. You know, is there gonna be much more than Yeah? You have like a
1: solid leader, yeah, with like clear motivations. Um you have like a very definable goal. Yeah. But what's nice is you'll never succeed in that goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is nice. Right. So you um, can constantly just like bring yourself to keep
0: playing and playing with this army. Yeah. And you have a little bit of conversion opportunity with mm-hmm. just like masks and stuff. So yeah, cool. You can, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, like put some masks on demonettes. You put them on yeah. your, your, your...
1: Almost like they're drinks. trying to like hide their true identity. Mm. You could even model them as Harlequins and then put, you could have some Harlequins oh. that you've put demon stuff on. Yeah, yeah, like give the crab
0: claw or whatever yes. to some Harlequins. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So like
1: if people are paying attention, they'll notice yeah. that they aren't Harlequins. You know, they're demons. Yeah,
0: cool. I like that. That's that could be very cool. And <laughs> bye bam, bye bye. Just like that, we're done. A whole listener lore. <laughs> this is gonna be a quick episode. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, our next one comes from Scott. <clears throat> Explorator Fleet Theta consists of a small number of Mechanicus ships, all working in the shadow of a custom-designed Arc Mechanicus ship, augmented with unique weapons of Call's own design. The fleet was launched by call in secret to capture Blackstone Fortresses and other targets, be it technology or location of high priority as deemed by the Magos himself. Theta often employs the use of Quester Mechanicus Nighthouse Nexilus to ensure victory on the ground. This is notable as House Nexalus was deemed eradicated by House Malinax during the Horus Heresy. The Mechanicus forces tend to deploy with infantry units supported by servitors, with tactics drawn from multiple Forge worlds, but do not use any established Forge world colors. Unlike most of 40k, Theta prefers to utilize bargaining or negotiation tactics prior to invasive tactics, most likely to minimize damage to their target. No one outside of the fleet and Call himself knows who commands the fleet, and all ships within the within the fleet have recorded as destroyed mia or simply do not exist in records all personnel within the fleet are augmented with kill switches and therefore cannot be captured or interrogated cool so it's like a a black team black ops yeah kind of yeah. mechanicus
0: yeah uh i like this line theta prefers to utilize bargaining or negotiation tactics Prior to the invasion tactic, you're going to get invaded, Yeah, yeah. but they might like take away all your metal first before they do that. So
1: you know what like their, <laughs> their negotiation is hmm. the negotiation is like, look, we're here. <laughs> yeah. You're going to give us everything we want and you're just going to kill yourself uh, to get to make sure you're not in our way.
0: That's a bad deal for me. I don't think I'm going to take it. Well, fuck
1: it. I guess we're invading. <laughs> Damn, it.
0: Damn it. Mechanicum.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, no, that's cool. I like it.
1: I think the um, lack of... What what did he actually say here? What did Scott say? Um, Okay. They do not use any established Forge World colors. I wonder, are they, you know, like a drab gray? Because you can't just do red, you know, because that's Mars. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I wonder if they are like...
0: Like you still have to paint these miniatures a color. So what yes, color? Yes, you did can't you just pick? leave
1: them gray plastic. No, now no, you one, might have to...
0: no one would do that. <laughs> no,
1: only a only a complete <laughs> fool would play with gray yeah, plastic yeah, models. Yeah. So it says you don't use you don't use uh, established colors. I wonder what do you use? Hmm. You know, um, I like the idea that all your ships are non-existent or mia or killed in action yeah um it just amps up the whole black ops team yeah and like unique weapons that they have of their own design like yeah just kind of very singular use you know and things you won't find replicated out in uh, the rest of the imperium um now if i did have if i had to find something you do have to okay it's the law uh i'm not sure i i really like call's involvement in it uh, yeah, he's a little too involved in everything, I think, right now, and it's such a big character that you don't need. Yeah, you know, you can have just as much authority, uh, this explorator fleet Theta, and just as much power without including Call's name at all. Yeah. Call, he's just a little bit of like a Gary Stu character. Yeah.
0: Just, it's best to not write with characters.
1: Typically, yeah. now and, this and was pretty minimal. Yeah, you weren't like heavy-handed with it yeah. by any means, but I think you could you could just say by secret order of the of a high lord or secret order of an Archbe- magos who has been yeah. dead for two thousand years.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. You
1: know, sure. like especially because you say that nobody knows who runs it. Um, no, no one, one outside of the fleet and call himself knows who commands it. So they're already so secret. Yeah, you might you might as well just completely say like here's your mission here's what you're gonna do you don't need any help doing it you know yeah is call if call is still giving them orders you know i think that's even a little too much involvement <laughs> um, yeah it's also not a big deal i, I don't yeah. super mind not it. the end of the- you,
0: you were forced that's to right pick i was forced that- yeah, yeah gun to my head gun to your head yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> no it's cool simple easy um it, it's cool blackstone fortresses man like that'd be cool to like yeah you're constantly raiding them and like trying to yeah yeah, just get them. They're I mean, cool. how many even are there? There's like seven, but a bunch have been destroyed. I think that's there's only right. like one or two now. Okay.
1: Yeah. So yeah, like if but. that's your main goal, like that's that's a cool goal, you know? Like yeah. you're specifically designed to, you know, hunt them down and like uh, strip them of whatever secrets they have. And I guess you stop anyone in your way and that's why you need your special tech. And I, I also like the house Nexus inclusion. Um, but I will say it does feel a little weird to have them still named. Hmm. Um, I think that if I was to do it, I would say there is an unnamed nighthouse, but but um, they couldn't, you know, maybe they can't completely scrub away their history. Maybe they can't, there's still like a holdout. There's like one signet in some quester knight that like right above where the princeps is, there's like one symbol left that they yeah. just they couldn't bring themselves <laughs> to get rid of. So sure. it like makes people think they're of this house Nexilis or whatever. It Just hmm. everything else is so um, they don't shrouded. Use, yeah, they don't use colors to denote no- yeah. their army exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. So why would like it just yeah. feels like a- anytime someone would see House Nexilis, it should be instantly recognizable. Yeah. So <laughs> that might be something you want to look at. I don't know. Maybe you want people to recognize Maybe. House Nexus.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. What did they do? Who are they? Yeah. Well it's House Next, Mark. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. <laughs> um yeah, I I got nothing else. Cool story, very simple.
1: I like it. Yeah. I like the these small ones, they just give you so much freedom to play your games. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm here searching for a black fortress. Well, why are you on this planet? Because I think there might be information yeah. here, you know. Well,
0: A big thing, too, I've noticed a lot with like 40k writers is just getting lost in the nitty gritty of nothingness. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you, you, why did this happen? Well, 2,000 years ago, this minor incident happened here, which caused this whole butterfly effect. You know, it's like not everything (laughs) needs to be just like, and yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I like things that, I like things that do that, but I don't want to see it all the time
0: yeah yeah it's nice to just see stuff like this where it's a short paragraph or two absolutely um okay uh the next one i was trying to find out how many blackstone fortresses there were but i i could not there's a lot of google searches fair fair enough (laughs) so the next story thank you scott for sharing your story with us yeah Uh, the next one is by tony and i believe it's an orc one by the looks of it or does that mean you're doing voices of course of course (laughs) excellent (laughs) that is the only way for people to hear me is if i (laughs) Vocalize. <laughs> okay. The jungle floor of Cerberus II burned slowly as Zegdred led off another impatient burst of flame from his combi Scorcha. The wild fauna recoiling from the hungry flames as they threatened to birth another wildfire fire in the wake of the orc convoy. Zegdred had brought his warband to the star system the Humes called Hades after his best weird boy's snaz skull... <laughs> Fucking names. <laughs> this is great. These are great names so yeah. far. <laughs> has been thrown into the frenzy by a vision from vision sent from the gods themselves. After rampaging through a rival war boss's camp, Snazgull has foretold of a great wog coming to the Hume worlds here. The cunning Death Skulls war boss planned to use this coming conflict to loot and pillage the scrap needed to build his own iron wog and crush all before him in a tide of deadly killy war machines. Or at least he would if there was even scrap of good loot on this Soggin' world. Since landing on the planet, the only good fight the lads had found was with those gene-stealers lurking in the undergrowth. The oversized bugs made for good eating, but not for good lootin'. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> scorching another pass passing or scorching another passing patch of undergrowth, the dread turned his turned and bellowed from the back of the looted layman Russ he was riding in. Snazgal, you get. you sure this is right the right Yumi world? Durz is nothing here but the Zoggin bugs. <laughs> wow. From the back of the nearest Ramshackle truck, a large orc holding a copper staff began nodding maniacally. Occasionally, flashes a green lightning leaping between the staff and the mechanical headgear that comprised most of the creature's skull. Yes, 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 boss. Soon mighty Gork will vomit many humans from the great sky. The great grin in the sky, sniggered the weird boy, excited by his own prophecy. And with them brings much good loot. Yes, um, they... they better do," roared Zagdreg, "cause I'm very sick. You've eaten stinking but I'm, cause I'm very sick. You've eaten stinking bugs, <laughs> and I'm a start to think to think you may taste better. Perfect. <laughs> I
1: those those orc language lessons are really paying. Out. Yeah,
0: like I already find it so tough to read. This is undoing years <laughs> of reading lessons trying to read orc speak, man. <laughs> Grinning as he imagined touching the weird boy with his scorcha, Zagdred was nearly unbalanced as the layman rust rumbled over a rise in the jungle floor and down into a steep valley below. Suddenly, the ground around the orc convoy exploded upward with a telltale impact of heavy ordnance. Spinning around Zagdred, uh, Zagdred could see in the distance Yumi base deep in the valley. Another explosion and a nearby orc truck erupted into a fireball of flying scrap and orc bodies. The humi base had some good daka, and Zegdreg spied a large tank, much like his own, firing into the orc ranks. At last, Summit worth Zoggin' Lootin'. Somethin', Something worth Zoggin' Lootin'. Okay. <laughs> banging his power claw against the hull of his tank, Zegdreg bellowed for the driver to head straight for the humi war machine. Get that killy wagon now! Ward the war boss. Wog. Uh, that was it. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah. What a nightmare to read, but it was fun to read. <laughs> Some cool orky stuff. Uh, I uh, I liked the part which is like the the imagery of weird boys and like the warp lightning. Yes, it's the lightning from
1: the staff to his head. Yeah, that yeah. It's
0: cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Such a cool image. Um.
1: I like... This is your wog, I guess. You know, you have Zegdred as your war boss. Yeah. Uh, his number one weird boy,
0: Skull. Yeah. And it seems like they want to do an iron wog, which I'm assuming is like lots of vehicles and stuff and just lots of metal. So they have to scrap. That's pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I like that he... You have a – Tony included like a preference, like what kind of wog they want to do. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. like the weird wogs and there's like a, a pain wog. Is that one?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, an iron wog, you know. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. You have like a focus. I can – with that, I can picture your orc army.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: it's like a very mechanized yeah. thing. I bet you have like a, a stompa somewhere in there too. <laughs> Lots of yeah. iron. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh, I would – I wonder – does he ever say what clan they uh death skulls oh they're death
0: skulls yeah okay. so got some nice blue lucky guys yeah yeah um yeah very cool um i don't know what else to say about it well i like that you <laughs> include the world
1: and they're going after hades yeah is hades is that that's not armageddon there's is it? a like there's a hades hive yeah exactly but, that's what i'm thinking yeah. of yeah okay
0: yeah yeah so Hades is like a... Do you know off the top of your head where it is? It just sounds like a made-up one. I don't think there oh, actually okay, is. Oh, okay, okay. Hades 40K. Let's do a Google search. And the they, jungle
1: floor Cerberus 2, you know, name the planet. Yeah. That's C- kind of cool. Cerberus 2. I think and that's even made up. Yeah. There's uh, obviously a gene stealer infestation on this planet. <laughs> yeah. I like oh, I
0: do like that. They're eating all the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so he's like... That line he said... um, uh da, 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 da. there's nothing here but those zoggin bugs. <laughs> all I could hear is I ain't had nothing to eat but maggoty <laughs> bread for 3 stinking days. perfect That's all I could hear. <laughs> yeah, you're doing that same
0: fucking yeah. Same <laughs> mentality. <laughs> God, I'm excited to watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, that's your second reference. <laughs> Yeah, we're watching that this weekend. All of it. Yeah. It'll be nice.
1: Uh, in our group chat, so yeah. Mark Christian and I, we have a, our own, you know, group chat, and it, it felt like there was a while there where every day I was just adding in another Lord of the Rings meme <laughs> yeah. and just saying, December 19th, that's, that's- get ready, boys. Yeah.
0: And we did. Me and Christian, we prepared every time you got that. You know, good, we, good. We picked up our sword, swung it around the yard for a bit, <laughs> preparing. This is a good sword. <laughs> yes, another quote. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Uh, thank you, Tony, yeah, for the uh, works.
0: They were fun. Yeah, it was a very fun story to read.
1: All right. Uh, next, we have To Daniel. And this, uh, I think it's titled Catachan CXVII, which I guess goes to 117th yeah um and then he included just in case you need a phonetic uh help on katachan katachan katakan or katation so i guess to daniel is saying take your pick i will uh what's your pick mark katasia katasia <laughs> yeah you know i'm going off script on this one Kataisha. <laughs> Yeah. all right here we go <clears throat> The 117th Katakan Regiment are specialized orc hunters who are renowned throughout the galaxy. Their guerrilla warfare and infiltration tactics among orc clans are highly regarded by Imperial command. They are called on at the most dire of times when an infestation is rapidly claiming the Emperor's worlds or a war boss is getting, quote, too big for his brutes, boots, end quote. The first members of the 117th were initially part of the Catacan Penal Legions. Penal Legionnaires who miraculously survived battle after battle were drafted into the regiment by order of Inquisitor Vrax of the Ordo Xenos. He trained compliant Legionnaires with a variety of skills and tactics across multiple planets and environments. This ranged from the jungles of their homeworld, Catacan to the heat-shrouded desert world of Belisarius IV, making sure the legionnaires were capable of adapting to any situation. The less compliant became dummy orcs. Selected legionnaires would often be mistaken for Colonel Schaefer's last chancers. Hmm. When asked, a legionnaire will simply reply, no, I work for a living. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, it just feels a (laughs) Okay. Over centuries joining the 117th became selection based as Catechans wanted to prove they were better than the best. Those unsuccessful either harbored deep jealousy towards successful candidates as they returned to their original regiments or became dummy orcs. The selected members are then taught advanced survival tactics specific to orc territory, how to live off fungus, cover their natural scent with that of the green skin, and how to skin and eat a squig. Candid- candidates are then trained in the art of communication and infiltration. This has led to the members of the 117th to speak with a mixed accent of High Gothic and Old High Orkish. Other Astra Militarum personnel have dubbed this accent Aussie, which has subsequently become the nickname of the 117th. Common phrases by the Aussies are, but not limited to, uh-huh. Good day, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair dinkum. <laughs> Yeah. Flat out like a lizard drinking, you bloody drongo. Uh, And my personal
0: favorite, we're not here to fuck spiders. (laughs) Ah, Of course. (laughs) I hope that is a common Aussie (laughs) saying. That's crazy. I would love to land in Australia someday and like what are uh, we doing here yeah the passport people uh what is your purpose of business here <laughs> that's right and i answer well i'm not here to fuck spiders Ah, <laughs> oh, you may enter <laughs> that's code
1: <laughs> he's he knows the secret password <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay
0: okay okay
1: uh aussies have proved their expertise in infiltration by assassinating a multitude of orc war bosses It is rumored that the Aussie infiltration is so effective that one member of the 117th eliminated the war boss of the Carnage Killers clan and took his place, leading a wog against the enemies of the Imperium. (laughs) Imperial records say that Aussies would walk through orc camps painted in green and purple, set booby traps, sabotaging orc vehicles and equipment. Usually rigging explosives to engine ignition systems, rocket packs, and even creating the famous SEDs, or a squig explosive device, (laughs) which is the task of incapacitating a squig, compacting as much explosive ordnance inside it as possible, and then waiting for an inquisitive orc to claim its surprise, (laughs) they would leave the camp as quickly as they arrived. Aussies also employ other infiltration tactics, such as wearing orc war gear, modifying their vehicles to look more orky, uh, red paint is a common theme, and holding up a life size painting of an orc, with a not a Yumi written boldly on the parchment, or softly chanting, sneak, sneak, <laughs> as they carefully make their way through the orc camps. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, They have also been known to lure unsuspecting orcs with a whisper of teeth and loot, the orc blindly following the promise of riches only to have their own efficiently removed. Due to the high-risk scenarios the Aussies find themselves in, there is never room for mistakes or delays. Once a mission has started, it will not end until it has been completed or the personnel assigned are killed. This go-go-go, or balls-to-the-wall mentality gave them the model who dares win, Who dares wins? To accomplish these rigorous missions, Aussies use fast, hard-hitting war gear from the Imperial Armory. They prefer to be transported via Valkyrie or bike, covering ground as fast as possible and holding the element of surprise. Sentinels were used for scouting, however, even when converted to look more orky. The Greenskins were still able to identify it as a Yumi vehicle due to a lack of Daka and arms. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, other military regiments don't believe these modifications are acceptable in the eyes of the emperor and often query the loyalty of the Aussies. Any accusations are quickly rebuked by Inquisitor Vrax. The exact numbers of troops and vehicles, vehicle types, and weapon loadouts have never been recorded into imperial records. This is due to the scholar assigned to keeping records vanished after he was volunteered, or voluntold yeah. <laughs> yeah. to make the first SED
0: or squid explosive <laughs> device. Uh, okay. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. I. The only change I'm making in my head is these should have been Ogren, I think. They would just be able uh, to fit in just a little bit better. Okay. But uh, if there was... I mean,
1: Ketaceans are the biggest humans. But they're still yeah. just humans. Orcs are like...
0: What are they, eight feet, potentially? Yeah, you know, these yeah, are These are big
1: boys. Yeah,
0: but, like, it, I love all the themes. And, like, in my mind, it just makes it better when it's, like, Ogryn, like, and they're chanting Sneak. Like, they believe it then. Sure, like, the yeah. Ogryns believe it. The Orcs believe it. Everyone's believing it, you know? <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> submitting to this reality. Yeah, exactly. But, no, I honestly really enjoy that. There's some funny stuff. Um, I wonder at uh, the
1: Ordo-Xenus, the Inquisitorial involvement in this regiment. So Inquisitor Vrax was the first uh da, da, da. they were people were drafted into the regiment by order of Inquisitor Vax of the Ordo Xenos. He trained compliant legionaries with a variety of skills and tactics across multiple planets and environments. They've it's got like a real Rambo. Yeah. Um like
0: th- at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.
1: feeling to it the whole like i am in the forest yeah i will murder you of the forest you know and i'll eat this wild animal that's right yeah i will skin this squig and eat it alive exactly (laughs) uh i I like that um i like the thought of just everyone having you know war paint on and uh (laughs) looking like really dirty maybe even like cutting an orc in half
0: (laughs) scooping its insides out Uh and then
1: wearing its skin you know to like a
0: nice little pant (laughs) pant orc skin that's right yeah Mm. i i
1: I would not mind seeing that model first of all
0: yeah there there could be just some wild orc model i love the the one guy who actually ended up taking over the orc warband and leaning against other armies like yeah <laughs> that's how good they are at
1: infiltrating orcs you yeah. know and um i do i do like the inclusion of the ordozinos yeah. uh, obviously they would just have a little bit more understanding and it kind of allows you to get away with some of the more heretical yeah,
0: like modifying vehicles yes and stuff.
1: absolutely to to look orky
0: yeah you know like that's a pretty big no-no like but, but the the ordo xenos guys they would understand that absolutely like, yeah, yeah. yeah they're okay, like yeah.
1: maybe you're doing something wrong but it's for the good of what yeah. we're doing you know yeah. um yeah i wonder if they are Uh, You know, like run by Inquisitor Vax. You know, is he like their regiment commander? Is their authority still part of the regiments, or has he kind of like made it his own, yeah, uh, inquisitorial retinue type of thing? You know,
0: like it sounds like it was still a part of like the guard regiment. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Because a
1: lot of regiments still like engage with them. Is what it sounded like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But um I th- I think Vrax must just be around all the time cuz any accusations are quickly rebuked by Inquisitor Vrax. Oh, well know? then yeah, he must be around. Yeah. 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 Um yeah,
0: just leading the Penal Legion.
1: Very cool. Yeah. I Now, okay. Dummy orcs. Do you think that means that these failed recruits are literally used as like training live dummies and they're like, "We're going to paint you green and hunt you." <laughs> I can't think of another reason why you'd be called a dummy orc.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't quite piss that piece that together either. <laughs> I couldn't
1: piss it together either. Piss it together. Um I don't understand this. I'm I'm not super familiar, super familiar with the Last Chancers. So it said several selected legionnaires oh. would often be mistaken for Colonel Schaefer's Last Chancers. Any idea what that means? Y-
0: yeah, I don't know why they would be. Just because they're like one man army i have fucking no idea but it it sounds like the dummy orc orcs are actually the members that are taught advanced survival tactics specifically to orc territory they're the ones who go and do all these things oh so yeah, a those, dummy orc would be the one that's yeah. scooping out the insides of the orc y- yeah 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 and wearing the uh, orchid yeah, okay yeah. okay
1: they're like doing the hardcore infiltration yeah yeah um uh,
0: okay okay i like that because yeah. yeah they're the dummy orcs <laughs> all right yeah uh, very cool. I love that they just paint themselves purple and green, and then they're like, just walking around like, laying booby traps. Yeah, yeah. Not an orc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> an orc literally will
1: wake up, look at them, and be like, oh, I must not have seen it because it was purple. So, exactly. oh.
0: yeah. <laughs> Cool. We're not here to fuck spiders. We're not here to fuck spiders. We're just here to read Listener Wars. So, yeah, okay. I liked that one. Yeah. Very um, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I, mean, I, I like
1: most of these, especially because you can, like the Slanesh one, you can combine Slanesh and Harlequins.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: in this one, you're combining orc bits and regimental
0: bits. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. There the was, other one was just like looting Imperial vehicles, Sure, orcs and Imperials again, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. another
1: combination. Yeah. It just, it allows so
0: much freedom in how, you, like, the aesthetic that you build your models. Well, with. I'm glad you picked up on that theme, because I actually went through all of our listener lords and selected a variety I did not. <laughs> I did not. I did not.
1: Welcome to my Grables. <laughs> uh, my,
0: Adventure times.
1: <laughs> my five short Grables. Can you guess the theme? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so, and the last story we have for you guys today is by PJ Colley. And it's a long one, but we'll get through it. All righty, here <clears> we go <throat> Darkness. All the Ardon could see through the main viewing port of the bridge. As far as he could see, there was nothing in bef- nothing in before him except the darkness of space. The distant flickering light of remote stars was all that broke it up. If it wasn't for the navigation computer, grinding the freight hauler of the ship would be some junk hurling through the vacuum of space at high speed. Adron enjoyed the haul trips between the inner system planets and the outer ring stations. It was it was peaceful and gave him time to wash off the stress of family life back on Juvis Spaceport, Lotex Station. He had moved from the orbital station around nine cycles ago, along with his wife and now teenage son. Though it had been good for his work and his wife, uh, though it had been good work, good for work, his wife had made it prior, painfully clear she would rather be on the surface of Juvis, on her family's farm. At least from the bridge of the holler, he could kick back and put his feet up on the control panel at his leisure. Leaning back in his chair, he caught the reflection of his face. Pale, ghostly skin stretched out over slightly chubby-cheeked face. Surrounded by dark brown hair, Adron was still convinced that the low gravity that comes with living in space was removing wrinkles from his face. Years of working in the sun on the fields had made him look older and more weathered than he really was. It could have been... It could have either, it could have been either the low gravity or the reduction in physical working making him wider in the belt, but his wrinkles were reducing. <laughs> either way, he did that's some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you start blaming gravity for your waistline. <laughs> Holy moly! Ardon looked over his co-pilot, t- uh, Town. How would you say that? Town. Uh, town. 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 Who was sleeping in the rack they had set up in the rear corner of the bridge under the bulkhead. It had made easy for doing shift changes over through the flight, but the snoring of his co-pilot seemed to be so well practiced as was the only breaking at was only breaking concentration. The thought of using a wet towel to color Talon's face and stop the snoring for good had crossed Adron Adron's mind a number of times, but the bribes he would have to pay at the next spaceport to make the body go away was hardly worth it. Talon was at least twenty cycles all Adron Adron Sr. He had been working on long hauler freights his whole life and was one of the most experienced pilots out here. He should have been a captain of a much grander ship than this, but had turned down the offers a long time ago. Even with his advanced schooling and experience on the engineering decks, Talon was happy with a simple life. He was tall with handsome complexion and silky blonde hair, but had never married. Again, a simpler life choice. Adron had often wondered why he had signed on as a co-pilot, but had never really bothered asking. It seemed like he enjoyed the solitude of work, and Adron wasn't going to ruin that. As long as they got along, and the freight made it to its destination, there was nothing else to worry about as far as he was concerned. Adron glanced over at the control panel while sipping at the fresh caffeine drink. The panel was a mix of light-up buttons, dials, read screens, or streaming data. Everything from the engine output through it to if the reheating oven was on could be controlled from the panels in front of him with only two crew members most of the ship was hardly ever seen unless something was going wrong even the most problems could could be solved from the right adjustment on the controls all adron had to do was make sure that the data scrolling past the screen was within the limitations and everything would be fine making a mental note of reading uh Making a mental note of the readouts, he started to run through the checklist again. Engine temperature, 140 degrees. That's fine. Engine output, 60%, and still accelerating through vacuum. They had another few hours of acceleration to go before shutting down the engines. They could go faster, but then maneuvering would become dangerous due to the inertial strain it would put on the ship's hull. A dangerous option with the main shipping lanes. Fuel supply, 70%. That should be more than enough for a return trip. Communication system running as expected. Auspex, all clear ahead, and only a small signal off to the port side. Ardron had never seen anything show up on his leg of the journey, on this leg of the journey before. Kicking his feet off the panel, Ardron looked closely at the Auspex screen. Damn asteroids drifting into space lanes, he mumbled to himself, waving his hand over the screen to whisk the dust and dirt aside. Peering closer and fiddling with the dials to adjust the contrast, he tried to get a better idea of what he was looking at. The blip on the screen showed a large object moving at a reasonable speed. Adrian figured out it would skip through the shipping lane so fast it would hardly be worth reporting. Asteroid skips through the system regularly and only on occasion have they made contact with a ship whose crew wasn't paying attention. The object was now getting close enough that the OSPECT system was able to start plotting its course, dotting lines forming ahead of the object, measuring its velocity and direction. The line started to bend off as if it went giving the object's path a relative to, The line started to bend off as it was get, went giving the object's path relative to the freighter. The course plotted was, clearly, was clear of the freighter by a few hundred kilometers uh, to the rear and below by a few degrees nothing to worry about, Ardon mumbled. Exhaling deeply, relaxed, Ardon relaxed back into his chair. That was enough to wake him up a little bit at least, but another cup of recaf was still on his mind. As he mastered the energy to stand and make the trip to the ca- uh, kitchenette in the adorning room, something beeped. Ardon knew the beep and he knew what it meant. Cursing and hoping that it had been, that it, cursing and hoping that it was wrong, he turned back to the Auspex. The plotted course for the object had changed, coming a little closer to the freighter. The course cleared and plotted again, followed by another blip, indicating another change. Again, it was closer. Hey Talon, wake up, Ardon called. I think we have a problem. Talon started and rolled over to face away from the open area of the bridge and raced the the bulkhead. Dial the engines back, they'll correct on their own, he mumbled. Talon, this is serious, Ardon shouted, throwing the data slate at his sleeping co-pilot. Got something moving out there, and it's headed out our way. Talon sat up, unsure of his surroundings for a second, and confused as to why his back hurt where the data slate had hit him. "What What do you mean something's moving? There's nothing out there, and pirates stay clear of the shipping lanes. It's probably just a rock floating through. That's what I thought, but whatever it is, it's changed course, and it's heading for us, Ardon replied followed by another beep from the aspect as it was agreeing with him as if it was agreeing with him it's a collision course with us now it's on a collision course with us now i thought you should probably come watch this i'm going to fire up the maneuvering thrusters and see if we can avoid it that can't be right there's nothing out here Tan said he's got up and moved over to the aspects ardon stood and switched chairs to sit at the controls Tan sat down in the now vacant chair behind the engineering desk checking the aspect and adjusting the dials to try to sharpen the image looks like some kind of ship not anything like i've ever seen either i'm getting foc- i'm getting the focus wrong or it's two ships that have been fused together we should be able to see it in a minute he reached over and switched the viewing screen from starboard for the starboard rear it was just visible a small pe- small speck at first but getting bigger and bigger Another beep from the Auspex. The course hasn't changed, but the velocity had. It was speeding up. It's a ship, all right. Speeding up and coming straight for us, Toland said. Try the Vox. See if uh, you can talk to them. Maybe they don't know we're here. Toland fired up the Vox unit and set the broadcast on all, frequency, but, or all frequencies it could cover. Flicking the microphone on and, test- and depressing the broadcast button, he attempted to raise the other ship. Unidentified ship, this is a Freight Hauler X-Ray Tango 179. You are on collision course with us. Please respond. They was static. Nothing in response. He pressed the broadcast button again. Unidentified ship, this is Freight Hauler X-Ray Tango 179. Please respond. Can you hear me? The moment went by with no response. Tom star over at Ardon, who was watching intently from the other side of the main console. He shrugged as the Vox spat out Static. Ardon nodded in the direction of the view screen. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look like the can, the ship can hear me. Talon turned and looked at the image. There, in the center of the screen, was a largely oddly shaped shift, no larger than the different uh, defense cruisers that patrolled the space around the ports. The main body of the ship was fat, round, and appeared like it was half built. Thrusters were strapped to the sides of the uneven matter and hanging off the port side was what looked like a cargo arm with a large claw attached to the end. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Across the bow was a large armor plate fashioned into an oddly shaped skull and painted red. What the hell is that? Ardon asked. That's not good. I've heard stories of orc ships that look like this, Talon said. Ardhan had heard the same stories from crews at space terminals, old space crews who had too many drinks telling ghost stories of what lay out among the stars, crazed creatures with green skins that would destroy worlds by slaughtering every living creature on them. He knew they existed, but never thought that he would ever see something like that in this little area of the Imperium. Passing fleets of the military never even stopped here to expect to resupply. Not even shore passes were given. Um... That can't be. There's no orcs anywhere near here. The Imperial fleet is fighting orc three regions from here. They can't have come here, Ardon said. His hands were getting sweaty on the control column. Um, There's not that much. I'll finish reading. Yeah?
1: I'll take Okay.
0: Well, do you want to stick around and ask them who they are? Talon shouted back. It doesn't matter anywhere. They were just about on us, and we have no chance of outrunning them. I think we're stuck here. What do we do, Talon? We can't just do nothing. The hull is pretty thick. Maybe we can speed up, and we might be able to make the next checkpoint. Doubt it. We can't accelerate as fast, and no doubt they are armed. Emperor knows what they haven't already. Emperor knows why they haven't already shot us down. There's nothing we can do, Talon said. There was a quiet for what felt like an eternity. The only op- there was only one option. We could hold off long enough to call a defense fleet and tell them we might not make it, but they need to know we get, well, get calling then. Ardon said, uh, said, strapping himself to the control chair. He started turning on the, all all the drive systems that had been shut down for the hull. It's a freighter, not a fighter. I can't hold them off for long. We can't outrun them. No chance. But they're fast enough. They won't. Uh, but they are going fast enough. They won't be able to turn. We haven't hit the top speed yet. If we break, they'll miss us. Hit the reverse thrusters, maximum output. Ardon did what he was told. Reaching past the control column, he switched the engine power output from the main drive to reverse thrusters. The force was immediate, forcing Ardon into the restraint harness that he had just put on. Tom was thrown half over the console in front of him, only being stopped by his legs getting caught under the chair. The force like felt like it tore his muscles from bone as the knees bent the wrong way, causing him to cry out in pain. The freighter was slowly for was slowing for only a moment before the orc ship, slipped, ship started to turn. It slowly adjusted course to meet the freighter's path. The uneven engines burned at full power, made it turn unpredictably, and the nose of the ship tilted up. The Auspex was calculating the course with only 10 kilometers between the ships. At the speeds they were now traveling, there was only one minute. The course plotted still crossed the freighter's path. Uh, if they were going to miss it, it would be very narrow. Neither man spoke as the view screen was completely filled with a red-faced orc ship. Ardon was praying to the Emperor that he'd see that he would see his family again. Talon was focusing on the aspect screen so intently that his mind simply couldn't process the thought of anything else. A loud back, a loud bat bang, and a sh- yeah, a loud bang and the shockwave rushing through the ship structure marked the start of a collision. There, it was followed by silence. From a moment, nothing happened, and it was more unsettling than the sound of the collision. What just happened? Ardon asked. Talon st- uh, stared at the ospects for a few more seconds. They only scratched us. They're moving off. I th- I think we're clear for now, Talon responded. We're getting a call. We won't have long before they're trying ex- again. Call the fleet. Talon, ignoring the pain in his leg, started to adjust the long adjusting the long ridge vox for the frequency to raise the fleet. The unit wasn't responding. Something was wrong and Talon didn't know what. He was still looking over the system's diagnostics for information. The vox was working, electronics still online. What was it? It didn't make any sense for the unit not to be working. Then it struck him. The damage... Talon looked at the damaged screen and found his answer. The transmission tower had been broken. Either by sheer luck or careful planning, the orcs had knocked out the ability to raise an alarm. We can't call out. Tower is broken, Talon told Arden. It didn't work. Wh- what? What do we do now? Arden said, turning back to the control panel looking for the answer in the instruments. Nothing. There's nothing we can do. We've slowed and, there's basically, and we're basically a sitting target now. Both men sat quietly, waiting for a change. Tom watched the Ospect screen waiting. The orc ship was moving out of range, but it didn't turn. He watched uh, He watched, waiting for the ship to turn around and make another run, waiting for over 10 minutes in silence for what was sure to be the death. It didn't come. The ship finally moved out of the range of the Ospect to pick up. They're gone. I, I don't get it. They just left, Tom finally said. What does that mean? Aldon asked. The stories I've heard about the orcs is that they don't leave anything behind. I guess I had something else to do or just got bored because we weren't fighting, Talon suggested. Either way, we're at least eight cycles from the nearest stop to report this. I'll set for max speed. We set course for the nearest station. Talon checked the navigation computer to double check Aldarn's course. He finally broke the silence. Well, we should look for a new job too. You You can bet those orcs will be bad for business huh they survived <laughs> that, that threw ah, me for a loop yeah Hard. okay okay that was the end of the story pj Cullen, thank you so much for Subvert sharing that. my expectations i was waiting for a bloody death for yeah them. like oh good they rent off and then you hear a knock on like the bridge door yes they had dropped a, an orc <laughs> off on <laughs> the exactly. ship or something but uh yeah when there's one orc the guy still knows what that means it might not be over right now but orcs are coming <laughs> Look for a new job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe in a conscripted
1: legion. Yeah, yeah. To prepare the Great. sector for We've army. We've just
0: opened up 10,000 new job openings for this fucking penal. That Lincoln. was cool. It's well cool. written. Um, yeah. We don't get, like, a lot of, like, individual space battle. Like, you get ships on the 100,000 population scale, you yeah. know? Or, cool. we, or
1: we hear about entire fleets, you yeah. know? and. But this was the story of Adron in town and yeah no it's, it was very good. it was well written yeah um it had a good flow yeah. to
0: it nice pacing very nice um yeah it was written very nice to read and stuff I appreciate that um. It interacted
1: nicely with the technology. You know, like I, I could really picture the entire console set that he was yeah. looking at.
0: I, I agree with you. He painted a good picture of it. I just don't know if it was a 40K picture of it. Mm. Like, what do you um, think was missing? Like, he used the word aspects, but that was like the only 40K word. Data slate. Data slate. That can be very, that got me. like. I don't know. I, I just... There was not one mention of a skull on the floor somewhere. You <laughs> okay, know? okay. You know, there were, there just was... I This could be put into any sci-fi setting. It That's didn't true. It doesn't necessarily scream 40K to me. Okay, uh, okay. There's a couple cool things. Like, you know, you see that oddly shaped skull painted red uh, of the orc ship. You know, there's a couple things like that that are very you painted that picture perfectly or like when you're slowly describing like the few ship and it's got like this arm and you know, like that claw. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like there are some very cool 40 K parts to it, but I
1: wonder if that's intentional. It might be. Now we've talked before about how 40 K the galaxy itself is so massive that Mm. anything can exist in it. Yeah. Like uh, a romance story or just a high adventure, even Mm -hmm. like high fantasy That exists on some planet in 40K. I wonder if his intention was to kind of introduce something, a story in 40K that we know is in 40K basically because we're told it. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily feel 40K because I agree that there is... It's missing a little bit of
0: the grim dark that you expect. Yeah. Um, in forty K. Like there wasn't even a bloody nose. Like somebody should have definitely <laughs> slammed their fucking face into sure. a column and broke their nose. Yeah, during the breaking. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah um yeah like it, it was very that. cool but i understand I just, that it could just fit into any sci-fi but i really still enjoyed this story yeah. i love that it didn't end how i complete. i knew yeah. it was going to you know <laughs> yeah i yeah. knew right off the beginning oh they're orcs well they're gonna die yeah and yeah i, I appreciate that it's kind of a cool concept too just like you these two guys they've never seen orcs like no they they're stories yeah that yeah exactly it's kind of such a cool concept like Not every world in the Imperium is a war zone. Most aren't, in fact. It's probably a relatively peaceful empire, but you do have these hotspot planets that are, like... Right. You get Armageddon and you get Vigilus, you know? But, like, yeah, vast swaths of the Imperium go unmolested for thousands of years, you know? Yeah. Um so much that they,
1: you know, war is kind, might even just be a thing that happens somewhere else. Yeah,
0: just stories told
1: about the orcs you've yeah. never seen. You've never seen a space marine in your life. Yeah. You've <laughs> never seen, like, a, a fighter ship in your life. You know, I yeah. like that one line, oh, yeah. like, this is a freighter, not a fighter. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: that was cool, too, like, how they tried to, like, throw off the orc ship or whatever yeah, by like, you know. breaking. Yeah, very cool.
1: No, I think this person has a nice grasp on, like, space mm. and, like, how you would... Act in space, you know, and yeah, yeah,
0: it was cool. And just like, yeah, like in space, it's so vast the distances. Like, yeah, there will be 10 minutes of silence where you're like, I know they're out there, I know they're even a million miles away, but my (laughs) god, they're so close, you know, like, yeah, to be so close, yeah, that they were able to scratch (laughs)
1: damage the tower on it. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I like to think that it was just luck personally,
0: Mm. you know, okay, okay, orcs. And why did they leave? <laughs> why the fuck did they leave? You I like know? I like that it's yeah, maybe they just we didn't fight back and that's what they wanted.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. yeah. All they were wanting for is a good fight, and these yeah. people clearly aren't gonna give them a good fight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Crazy. There.
1: Yeah. Thank you, PJ
0: Colley. That was awesome. Yeah, that was sweet. Thank you. It was you a so cool much. story. Yeah. Um sweet. Well, that is our episode. Um oh, if you have a sort story that you would like to submit, send it to podcast at gmail.com and we'll add it to our inbox yeah we'd love to read it okay. and then talk about it maybe
1: even ask questions or mm-hmm. anything yeah today was a pretty good batch i must yeah, say there
0: was some good ones yeah. aussies and <laughs> fair dinkum <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah very cool
1: uh well i guess that's the that kind of wraps it up hey
0: yeah yeah um we're hoping to get another episode out here before the end of the year Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hit hit us up on Discord. What you want? I'm uh, I'm thinking right now. As of right now, I'm thinking I want to do an Octavius War segment. Okay. Um, we haven't talked about orcs or tyrannids in a while. What better way? Wow. And uh, it's cool. It's it's like uh, that's the never ending growth battle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be cool to unpack that. They've added a bunch of lore to it recently that I haven't read. So I'm kind of excited to see what's happening. Okay. Well, um, you know as. <laughs>
1: If that wasn't enough, yeah. if that's not enough to get your juices going, <laughs> then you know, message Mark on
0: our Discord. Yeah, tell him that's me. what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> tell me what else you want to hear. Sure. Know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll see you guys later. Yeah. Thanks for listening.